Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Real World Road Tests on RadioLeMans.com. Hello everybody, I'm John Hindorf and this is another Real World Road Test. And for this exciting drive, none other than the 2016 Porsche 911 Carrera 4S. Well, before we start this road test, I'm going to give you a little bit of history and background. Most of you will know that the Porsche 911 has been around pretty much the same time as I have since 1962 and in that time it's gone through a variety of iterations. In fact, sitting on the drive here at Hindhoff Towers, alongside and behind the 911 Carrera 4S, we have two other Porsche cars that are absolute icons and important in Porsche history. Just sitting behind it, the 993 Carrera 2S, the last of the air-cooled cars. Actually, last of the air and oil-cooled cars, but let's not get too pedantic. Just to the right-hand side of the Carrera 4S, the Boxster. It's fair to say that Porsche enthusiasts don't like change, and all the way through the... 911's life cycle all the way back to that early 1960s car when things have changed they've always been done very in very minor ways and it's been evolution rather than revolution that has been the order of the day with Porsche's flagship car which make no bones the 911 despite the addition of SUVs and four-door cars and even at one stage a front-engined V8 in the 928 the 911 is still and always has been the flagship car it's the car that they race it's the car that proudly bears their name when the 993 was replaced by the 996, an era ended. Some people say the 993 was the last of the proper 911s. I'd say tish to that, because the 996 and, interestingly, the Boxster, with which it shared the whole of the front end, well, that pretty much saved the company. Moving on to water-cooled was a step too far for many Porsche fans, but not for Porsche buyers. They bought the 996 in their droves, and indeed the Boxster that went alongside it, and Porsche's sales figures have gone from strength to strength ever since that 1998 move. And those of us in motorsport, of course, remember the Porsche 911 winning overall at Le Mans with the 996 front end, and that programme was paid for by the marketing budget for the new road car, such was its importance to the Stuttgart firm. And it worked, of course, and it's put Porsche back in its rightful place as one of the sports car manufacturers throughout the world and one of the biggest brands in the world, that Stuttgart Shield, 
that was modified and put on the front of all the Porsches is now one of the biggest brand icons anywhere on the globe. So, there's your bit of history. Now, why have I said that? Simply because this new 911 Carrera 4S represents another big change in Porsche philosophy. The car sitting here in racing yellow is immediately, immediately recognisable as a Porsche. It's the S, therefore it has the flared rear arches. And uh, without the gaps in them, without the air gaps in them for, air intakes in them for the turbo cars, for me the purest shape echoes very much the 993 in dark blue that's sitting behind it from 1997. So why the big change? Well, Porsche for many, many years have had naturally aspirated flat six engines going all the way up to four litres. And this is a three litre turbo car. First of all, three litres. That will raise an eyebrow amongst Porsche enthusiasts. Secondly, a turbo car. Now, Porsche have had turbos in the past, of course. They've been the top-of-the-range, head-banging, no-nonsense, stripped-out, fast road cars that have been able to bend time and space with their acceleration figures, particularly on the four-wheel drive models. But a normal, everyday Porsche... Every Porsche in the 911 range having turbos? Oh, no, no, we can't have that. Well, we can, and we have. More about that engine and how it drives later. But let's continue around the car. I'm standing in front of it at the moment, and the very aggressive front end is dominated, of course, by that Porsche shield, by the two headlights with bi-xenons on this car, and uh, the... Running lights are the four LEDs that look like my Subutio uh, football floodlights from the uh, 1970 World Cup edition. Underneath the bumper, such as it is, because there's nothing to interrupt the beautiful floor of the front of the car. Two big air intakes, one either side and a third underneath the number plate. This being the 4S, it has a, a black extended splitter on the front and of course a little bit of aero underneath there which means you have to take any sleeping policeman or any uh, changes in road surfaces very seriously indeed and slow right back down a couple of things that i've noticed is just a slight aerodynamic or styling streak uh, in that nose area just in front of where the bonnet opens one on either side that just is chiseling uh, a slight slightly different look to the front end and just breaks up that front end a little bit uh, and also as you go back down the wings the side marker lights similar to the the box step and the wing mirrors aerodynamically mounted as well it has the petrol cap in the front right-hand wing. The door handles, in common with a number of cars recently, door handles that you pull out that don't pivot around one end or another. They actually pull up. It's the same on the Boxster. I noticed that on a new Audi as well. So they actually pull up past the hips of the car. Uh, Underneath the rims, these are very impressive 20-inch rims with 205 30s on the back. Multi-sport, very, very much Porsche motorsport-orientated 
big yellow Porsche calipers on there. Through to the cleaned up back end of the new 911, the air intake on the top of the boot lid, which is, of course, the engine cover. The 991 shape at the back, this is the 991 iteration, of course, Generation 2 car, that sort of pulls up into and almost overlaps the bottom of the rear screen. I think that is absolutely beautiful, and I love the way that's been incorporated. One or two straighter lines than you're used to seeing on a Porsche, particularly over the top of the doors, down through a, a more edgy surround to the rear window either side and that carries on down onto the back to meet with the edge of the rear lights all led now and an led strip across the back the new porsche script not the written porsche script in chrome across the back and then the 911 in its script of course the lights now completely blended into the back of the car and running into the rear three quarter as well and then underneath at the back, two, two and a half inch or three inch exhausts just peeking out from the middle of the back of the car. It's a 911. What would you expect? Anything different? No, absolutely not. And it looks exactly what it is. Mean, moody and magnificent. And in point of fact, of course, an absolute motoring legend. And in a moment, I'm going to get inside once I can find the keys. That was the sound of the two doors unlocking on this Porsche 911. This is the Carrera 4S for 2016, and it's the subject of our real-world road test here. Now, the first thing that I noticed, being the owner of an older Porsche, is that when you open the door, the window drops a little bit. That would be really handy on my old car because the build quality of Porsches hasn't changed that much down through the years and they are pretty much airtight when you try and close the doors. It also basically announces that the doors on this 911 have no window surrounds. They are pillarless, which is a, a nice touch. Right, let's climb in. And I mean climb in here and there's a reason for that which I'll tell you in a moment. The basic specification of the Porsche 911 Carrera 4S, isn't that a nice clunk as you shut yourself in it is pretty impressive but this car has had rather a lot of additions on it, it's come from Porsche Great Britain of course and it does quite a bit of track work so it's had added the carbon fibre brake pack which is an awful lot of money and the fixed racing bucket seats, which is not quite as much money, along with one or two other bits and pieces. What it has got is an absolutely gorgeous interior. The leather on this car goes all the way up to the window line, uh, very much actually like my old 993, which had that put in as an extra, like the old turbos. And the leather on this car, the 2016 car, extends across the dash top, double-stitched there. The only bit of plastic I can barely reach is behind that and stretches back towards the, the windscreen, which is quite a long way away. In the centre of the dashboard on top is the clock, 
part of the Porsche Chrono set, which means you can load in lap times and, and store things from the SIM card, or the flash card reader rather, that's in the centre of the dashboard. Now, although this is a very, very different car and a different era from my 1997 Porsche 911, you do immediately know that you're in a Porsche. Now, it helps that the Boxster that's sitting off to my right is the bridge between those two cars and that I've driven a Panamera in the past because the centre console is very much a product of the early Panamera, quite high in a V with the narrow part of the V back towards you going forward, expanding into a touch screen. This one with sat-nav, at DAB satellite radio uh, and the dual zone air conditioning. It also has a very tactile gear lever knob. Now this is the double clutch, the Porsche double clutch PDK in Porsche speak gearbox and it's exemplary in use. You can put it into drive and just leave it. You can stick it across to the left-hand side, pull back to change your push forward to go down the right way. And there's also some very nice aluminium gear lever shifters which turn with the steering wheel. Yes, flappy paddles on a Porsche, but they do now do what they're meant to do, not like the old days with those horrible thumb switches that worked both ways. Always used to confuse me. The colour-keyed key, yes, it is the same racing yellow, which is quite extraordinary, uh, fits into a slot to the right-hand side of the steering wheel. How very Porsche is that? The rotary light switch is just to the further right of that, and there's a nice bit of bright work that follows through on that line right across the dashboard and across the top third of the doors just above the door pull to open it. The little side pods down the side which open out so you can put your sunglasses in there are lifted from every Porsche 911 that you've ever seen so yes it's 2016 yes it's got all the toys but it's immediately Porsche I love the Alcantara uh, air pillars and over the top in the, the headlining very very classy all in all, it seems very well put together. The bucket seats are extraordinarily comfortable. I did eight hours uh, on a drive back to the UK in this car recently. And once you've found where you want to sit, and the steering wheel, by the way, is adjustable. Um, those of you who have older Porsches will be scratching your head on that. Uh, adjustable, not only up and down, but in and out as well. This one has electric and a memory setting that you can assign to the key or you can just push the button. That also sorts out your side mirrors as well, which in typical Porsche fashion are perfectly placed. And just being able to see a little bit of those rear haunches, those hips on the car is probably where you need it to be. Now, obviously, this one differs in only having two pedals, but they're in the right place. If you really wanted to, you could heel and toe. The throttle pedal still fastened at the bottom, not quite the old-fashioned pedal setup, and nowhere near as offset to the left as my 993 from 1997. So it's a comfortable place to be, and it is certainly very very Porsche so before we start this one up and 
it is worth waiting for that. Let's talk about that steering wheel. Behind it, first of all, just three stalks on this one. There's no cruise control, which have shocked a few people. Left-hand side, just the single stalk for indicators and headlights. Right-hand side, top one, wipers, washers. No rear wash wipe here. The aero does that job. Underneath the stalk, which will be familiar to all Porsche owners in recent times, that controls the functions on your dashboard dashboard itself well absolutely porsche big rev counter right in the middle to the left hand side miles per hour speedometer beyond that your oil gauge on the other side water temp or gauges actually still harking back to pressure and temperature of the oil cooled cars the ones that you always look at if you're a classic porsche owner to the far right of the five is a water temperature and fuel gauge. And between that and the rev counter, uh, which also, by the way, has a digital speedo on the bottom that you can set the KPH, uh, which is very handy when you've been in Europe, as I have, uh, is the multifunction screen. Uh, that is an LCD screen. You can configure it a number of different ways. You can have uh, different information on it, whether it's your trip, ga trip gauge, your uh, chrono, lap times, or even your map or navigation directions, also radio, um, MP3 player, track information, all of that kind of things. Now, the steering wheel itself is very tactile. It's got the... Spots to put your thumbs so you don't wrap them round. Just a three-spoke with gaps in the spokes with those flappy paddles. But it's this little knurled wheel that is new to me. I've seen it on other cars, of course. And basically, this controls your settings. Zero is normal. S is sport. S plus, sport plus. Then individual, you can set the car up to how you want it. And then there's a button in the middle, which really should be bright red shouldn't it it effectively is the we turn everything immediately to uber fast mode now porsche have decided that that is uh, so fast that you get 20 seconds of it at a time and it counts down on that multi-function screen uh, to the right of the speedometer to the right of the rev counter excuse me um and it's it does have a difference swapping between standard and the two sports in order to change things like the exhaust etc um how the start stop engine mechanism works yes start stop on a porsche just lovely everything exactly where you'd want it to be quick final word about the inside the dual zone aircon works beautifully. That's passenger and driver side, not front and back, of course. The centre console has room for 12 switches um, that can be a variety of things. This one barely has half of them, just five. Uh, that is the suspension control, which is a, a manual switch here if you're not using any of the sport settings on the steering wheel. Traction control on and off, dare you. The... Manual operation or changing of the mode of how the rear wing extends and retracts. You can have it at auto. You can put it always up, always down. 
sports exhaust on this car, so you can turn that on and off, and the start-stop that I was mentioning. Nice and very handy little cubby hole under the armrest, which also, if you put your phone in there, helps your mobile phone signal by effectively using the aerial in the windows of the car to boost your mobile phone signal. And it does work. It really does. So... That's the inside, but I have a strong suspicion that most of you are listening to this because you want to hear the outside. So, let's insert the key again and turn it on. On the road in the 2016 Porsche Carrera 4S. Everything about the beautifully laid out cabin translates into a great driving position and a car that you pretty much immediately feel at home in. Now, slight advantage here as I've driven a lot of different Porsches and of course I own an older Porsche the big controversy about this of course is the engine down to 3 litres turbocharged in this car but still an evocative note from the sports exhaust and the flat 6 a different note, yes, it will undoubtedly polarise opinion in the same way as moving from the oil and air cooled 993 to the water and oil cooled 996 did back in 1998. But essentially the character of the car hasn't changed. A Porsche for me has always been a practical fast sports car and that's exactly what the 911 is for 2016 that practicality some might say actually enhanced by a smaller capacity but far more efficient engine that's allowed me running down to Germany and the Nürburgring and staying at or underneath the speed limits throughout France Belgium and into Germany to record a fairly easily achievable 35 miles to the UK gallon. Now bear in mind that also involved a little bit of quick acceleration, blipping the throttle under bridges and through tunnels because you have to. I think that's pretty decent indeed. Ultimately the full journey well, the full time that I've had this car will say a thousand miles something around 50 miles an hour average and 30 miles to the gallon again UK in terms of fuel consumption which when you consider that that was a good couple of hours of pretty spirited cross country driving uh, away from the Nürburgring cutting across into France 
where I never saw a dual carriageway road, never mind a motorway, and that's pretty reasonable. The car is clearly sensationally quick. 414 horsepower, this is the S version. All of the new three-litre cars are turbocharged. The S version gets a few more horsepower. 500 newton metres of torque is entirely adequate. It means that if you shift yourself on the double clutch, the PDK box, then you're changing up at 1,500 to 2,000 revs if you want to. In full automatic version, it works perfectly well. And using the switches on the steering wheel to influence how sporty those gear changes are, what the throttle control is like, and how the turbo boost comes in, does actually make a difference. I was talking you through the inside. I talked about the little black button in the middle of that, which is called Sport Response Mode gives you 20 seconds of everything turned up to 11 it's a nice thought there's a countdown clock on the multifunction display as well basically throttle response turbo response gearbox response uh, all goes to hair trigger and the car takes off as, as if it's been shot from a steam catapult on the deck of a an aircraft carrier I did try it I got to 11 seconds left before I thought I'd better turn it off because I was actually running out of continent <laughs> is that impressive does make a difference not like some of the switches that you have in some of the cars there's adjustable suspension as well on this car as well as the sports exhaust uh, even on the worst of the Belgian roads which are even arguably uh, less comfortable than the worst that Britain's ailing infrastructure can throw at you. The sport chassis is never terribly uncomfortable. A little bit crashy at times, but we're on 20-inch rims with 30-profile tyres, so hardly unexpected there. And as I'm just about to run over some road markings here, you'll probably hear the thumpity-thump underneath the wheels. But whilst it's a little bit noisy, it's not uncomfortable. I've taken to driving with the side windows open a little bit, although I've got them closed now, because I like the raspy note from the engine and from the exhaust. It's true, it's not as raucous as the normally aspirated cars, and certainly it has a completely different timbre from the oil and air-cooled car that I have in my garage and also you can hear the turbos spinning up it has a little whooshing noise if you've got the windows open which I've I've come to enjoy overall the driving experience is exactly what you'd expect from Porsche and thank goodness for that it's an entirely practical car with a little bit of room in the front not as much of course as the two-wheel drive model because the diff under there takes away a good half of what you'd normally have of luggage space in there but of course as it's a Porsche you can fold down the back seats and make a very big luggage rack should you require it and you can put a couple of big suitcases on that or do a bit of wine shopping and still be 
happy with your lot. Very thoughtful touches in Porsches nowadays. There are things like cup holders beautifully engineered into the polished metal strip above the glove box. The glove box is a glove box worthy of the name, by the way. The storage inside, everything is beautifully finished. But of course, you buy this car for how it drives, and it's brilliant. There's been a lot of criticism of Porsches in recent years, but with the 991, I believe they're absolutely back to their best with a lovely compromise between direct sports handling and the comfort that you simply have to have and the attention to detail that you simply have to have in a £90,000 car. For that's where this car starts. Although with the options list having been liberally sprinkled with ticks for this car, which in fairness is used on track quite a lot by Porsche cars in the UK, Porsche cars GB. So it's got the carbon brakes, it's got the bucket seats, it's got bright yellow paint, Porsche active suspension management, chrono, etc. Uh, all of a sudden, 111 grand seems a bit more money than I think I'd want to pay. But let's be brutal here 90,000 pounds for a standard Carrera 4S with the wide bodywork is a very compelling proposition if you have that kind of money to pay and to spend rather on a car now if I'm again being brutally honest I, I think I wouldn't go for the four wheel drive that sounds odd from somebody who drives quattros almost every day but I prefer the handling and the slightly more dynamic feel of the lighter two wheel drive car this as a base model is nearly 1600 kilos and you do feel that way just a, a little bit the balance however when you're pushing hard is very very impressive indeed and you would need to be a, a, a pretty unforgiving driver to find this car anything other than relatively sensible it communicates what it's going to do to you very well the traction control and the help that all the electronics give you are relatively progressive so the clues are already there so you really would have to be rock aiming it to get yourself into trouble that's not to say of course that the laws of physics can be overcome and whilst I'm not sure I'd spec the carbon brakes for everyday use, they are astonishing, particularly in track day style use. And I can understand why people would have them if that's what they're going to do with this car. But let's make a point here that this is absolutely not a track day star only. What it is, in rather old school terms, is a car that you can drive, as I did, all the way to the Nordschleife, you could do a track day at the Nordschleife and then you could get in it and drive straight back again. Now, unfortunately, the tourist laps down there now are populated by cars that have been built specially for the Nordschleife, kitted out with cages, stripped out, semi-race or full-race rubber, tuned engines. And yet you get the feeling with this Carrera 4S 
that you'd live with those guys and then have the practicality to be able to throw you, all your gear, a passenger, drive back and fill yourself up with some decent wines and spirits at the channel ports before you pop back into the UK, which certainly you wouldn't be able to do in some of those ring specials that I saw around and about the Nürburgring when I was down there. The bright yellow racing paint, racing yellow it's called, is um, striking. It might not be to everyone's taste. It's grown on me and there seems to be an unofficial yellow car drivers club as well, which I wasn't aware of. Driver of an S3 on the M25. Uh, Punto Sporting when I was in France. And uh, a very lovely TVR when we were sitting in traffic on the France-Belgium border, all saying hello, simply because they had bright yellow cars as well. Who knew? So summing up this car then, it's an, it is a Porsche. Don't let anybody tell you that the downsize of the engine and the turbocharging of the engine across the 911 range has taken anything away from this being a proper 911. It is. From the moment that you bang that door shut and there's that, that familiar clunk and then that is reinforced with that flat six engine noise that crackles and pops. If I was ticking the options box, I would definitely have the sports exhaust. Some of the other things, as I mentioned, I think I'd probably leave off a car that was going to go on my drive. Now, that said, the bucket seats have been far more comfortable than I expected, and the whole experience of the car has been brilliant. So a Porsche for the coming ages, yes, but a Porsche that pays more than a little tribute to its history, yes, well, of course it has to. It's a 911. I think they've got the balance right with this. I think this is a car that will only reinforce the 911 legend. And of course, it is that. Will we see a four-cylinder 911 in the future? As with the Boxster and Cayman, I'm not sure. That might be a step too far. And certainly with the reports of the four-cylinder engine not being quite as evocative in particularly the Cayman as the six-cylinder it replaces, I wonder if that might be the storm that Porsche just don't want to set in motion. Certainly, if the lottery numbers this weekend come up, then you would have to put a Porsche 911 on your list of cars in that dream garage, wouldn't you? It has so much of the history, and I'm here to tell you that the 2016 three-litre cars are absolutely in the mould of all those classic Porsches from the past. Now, where can I find enough money for a Carrera 2 in a nice, sensible colour? Another real-world road test. Check out more at RadioLeMond.com.